Now, speaking on this topic, I know that um, there are scientists who say that homo homosexuality is part of a person's DNA, okay? Then you have others who will say, be it scientists, that it's not a part of a person's DNA. Now, depending on who you want to believe, it's basically what you want to believe. But the situation I want to come from today is God's truth. And leave that up to you as far as what you want to believe. But if you're into truth, then this is the place to be. All right. So, again, people say that um, they were born homosexual. And now here's an in interesting situation here. Whereas now the transgender community, you know, they, they don't want to be left out either. But can they say they were born this way? <laughs> well, if you ask them, they, they'll say the same thing. They were, they were born that way. Or God made a mistake. God made a mistake is what they're, is what they're basically alluding to. But um, now if you take things into perspective, this boils down to what man says versus what God says. This is what man says or wants to say versus what God says. And this day and age where we're, we're at a point where we say we know more than God, basically. We think we know more than God. And then there's an increasing number who don't believe in God at all. So if you're thinking in terms of what makes you feel good or what you love or the stronghold of your addictions, then let's allow ourselves to see things in this way, okay? We have the perennial thief. He says it's in his blood. And to, to take it even a step further, uh, there was some years ago, I forgot the, the woman's name. She's a celebrity and she was it was in Beverly Hills. She was caught stealing. But for her, it's being called a kleptomaniac instead of a, just a, a random thief, a common thief. She's, she's being called a kleptomaniac. It's funny how with certain people, certain levels, the perimeters change. Instead of being called a thief, you're a kleptomaniac. If you have high status, if you have money, you're a kleptomaniac. Because, well, because this person already has money, then we, we got to change the, the, the narrative. We got to change the title. So she's a kleptomaniac. It's in, it's in that person's blood. The prostitute says that this is, this is the hand that she's been dealt. She can't help herself. This is how she rolls. 
the alcoholic who once they, they try to sober up, then they're, they're told that, that they will always be an alcoholic. And they're, told, and they're being told to tell themselves, to remind themselves of this each and every day, that you will always be an alcoholic. So in terms, all these people also have the premise of hating themselves because they're, they have it in their minds that, well, this is how I am. This is what I'm supposed to be. This is instilled in me. This is in my blood. I'll give you another one. Even the murderer who even though with these people, they, they have the, the stigma of forever being. But with the murderer, you're always told you you will always be a murderer. And it is more of a, again, it's more of a stigma that, and of course, you know, naturally society, of course, will rail against. But even though, even though a person would say done their time, Say if they got in 20 years and gotten out of gotten out of prison, depending on the, the severity of how they murdered somebody, and they get back into society, well, you will always have that stigma. And then with them, it may be looked upon as in their minds, I'm always I will always be a murderer. Now, if you want to correlate that with somebody in the Bible, you look at the Apostle Paul, who went around murdering Christians. And you see how his life developed afterwards. But again, this all fits into the, 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 the realm of um, self-hate. God didn't make you to be born as a homosexual. He didn't make you to be born as a murderer. He didn't make you to be born as a transgender. He didn't make you to be born a thief. He didn't make you to be born a liar. He made you in the image of him. He made you in all goodness, in all sincerity, in all kindness, in all love to be of his will and his ways, to combat the enemy who rails against him and me, or in this matter, us. He didn't make you as this. He made you as who you are. Whether you're born a male or female, whether you're born black or white, Indian, Asian, or whatever. He made you in the image that you are. Not that you want to change. Not that you, in the way you, you're not satisfied or you think that you're ugly or whatever. He made you in the image that you, he wants you to be. And shouldn't that be good enough? But the world continually tells us no. You know, as for myself, I recall growing up, say about the age of around five or six, growing up in the Bronx, New York, 
And back then, this was um, uh, in the mid to late 60s, going into the early 70s. You know, I used to I used to hate my hair. My hair was is like hard, unruly. Dare I say nappy? <laughs> now it's now it's great now. But thank the Lord, I still have all my hair. <laughs> but um, you know, I recall watching watching TV as a kid and and the shows and the commercials. Basically, everybody was white. And I saw how their hair was. It seemed like they could just be um, be asleep, laying down in the bed, wake up, and you know, just go like that. And their hair is good. You know, it's, it's good to go. And I, I said, well, I wish my hair was like that. And I had got to the point of I hated my hair. I hated the way my hair was. And then, and then, I um. As I grew older, I discovered that my hair was made for me. My hair was perfectly made for me. My hair was perfectly made for my skin tone. As a, a black man, an African-American, as people say, I still prefer to say black man, as a black man, God said it whereas from the dawn of time, you know, the black person being in the continent of Africa, the start of civilization, the start of man, it's in a high climate. The hair of a black person is conducive or made for the heat, the sun. I also, I, you know, I kind of look at it, and, and, and bear with me now, I kind of look at it as, it's kind of like a padding for your head, a cushion, so to speak, or, or whereas it deflects the way, it, the way it feels, the way it is, you know, you know hair-like wool in the description of Jesus. It's more conducive for the, the heat and the sun versus hair that is wavy, silky, so to speak, where it's less conducive to the heat. If you see what I'm saying, okay? So when I looked at things that way, you know, I said, you know what? I like, I love my hair. I like what I love my hair now. And it took me a while. It took me a while to appreciate it because this world tells you will tell you otherwise. And then there, there comes that self-hate. Um, even when it comes to skin, you know, here is a uh, Sammy Sosa, and there's one picture here where he he's dark skin, and then you have the other picture here. Whereas he's turning white, so to speak, and it, and it's not like he has has that d disease that um, Michael Jackson said he had. I, I forget the name. It starts with a B. 
uh, the LIGO, whatever, I forgot what it was. I hope, and please forgive me if I, if I pronounced it wrong, but you, you get the gist of what I'm saying. Now that situation, that, that's a totally different situation because that's a disease. I'm talking about a situation where you take chemicals to enhance your skin or more or less to dehance your skin, to, to decolorize yourself, to make yourself look lighter, then you're, you're hating yourself. You're hating the way God formed you and shaped you and gave you the color of your skin. You're hating that. And that's wrong. That's terrible. And another example, little Kim. We see on one hand how she's dark. And then on the other hand, just like Sammy Sosa, Sosa also, hey, she's, she's lighter. See, the thing is, God made, made you who you are. Like I said, he made you to be a female, but on one hand, you want to be a male. He made you a male, or you want to be a female. Or you think you're too dark, so you try to be light. You're too light, so you want to get darker. You have a big nose, so you make it smaller. You hate the big head you have. Well, you can't do anything about that. <laughs> but I'm sure science is trying to work their, their magic on that also. Um, your feet are too big or too small. You're too fat or you're too skinny. Now, some of these situations, um, there, are, there are ways medically to correct. Now, my thing is, in using the term medical, being too fat or too skinny, well, being too fat, that's a health issue. So I can see a person wanting to um, reform their body, so to speak, and not being too fat for health situations. Or if somebody is too skinny, that can also lead into health situations. So therefore, you don't want to be too real thin. You want to put on some weight. Those situations, uh, now, some people, there can be a self-hate in there, but those situations, it, it's, a, it's, you know, you, you have to balance the situation and learn to love yourself in, 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 in the focus of taking care of yourself. So here I have what the Bible says on self-hate. You see... Self-hatred to varying degrees is not uncommon, but hating oneself is not what God would have for us. The world would tell us that the solution to self-hatred is self-love. It offers various ways to conjure up this love and acceptance for self. While some are healthy uh, practices, none are permanent solutions that speak to the depths of, of the needs of our souls. The Bible, on the other hand, tells us tells us that the solution to self-hatred is having an accurate view of God and of oneself in light of who God is. Now first, let's understand what causes self-hatred. Some may, uh, may arrive at self-hatred because, because 
They consider themselves losers who lack certain talents or resources, be it intelligence, personal connections, money, and influence. And anyone who accepts the, the idolized standards of beauty, success, and power as portrayed in the, uh, the mass media and fails to live up to those, to those standards may arrive at the unreasonable conclusion that he or she is not worthy of love and begin to say, sink into self-hatred. People may hate themselves because of the things they have done in their past, or they might hate themselves because of things which they are currently struggling, like addiction or unhealthy relationships. And in short, self-hatred results from not living up to standards either we or others have set for acceptability. In our recognition that we cannot be perfect, but we may descend into self-hatred. Now, biblically speaking, we know we are sinners who are separated from God, be it Romans 3 and 23, um, and also Romans 6 and 23. There is a standard that we will have failed to live up to and will never be able to live up to on our own. And apart from God, we are without, without hope. But this is uh, not cause to hate ourselves, but rather it is cause to turn God and turn to God and rely on His grace, for He has made a way of salvation, and God created humanity in His image. In Genesis 1 and 27, He loves us, and we reflect Him. Though sin marred his, this image, God did not abandon us. Instead, He sent His Son Jesus, who though remaining fully God took on human flesh, and Jesus lived a perfect life. He then died to pay the penalty for our sin, and he rose again to prove his victory over sin and death. Now all who put their faith in him are saved. This is cause for great rejoicing, and when we become a rendered child of God, there is no reason to hate ourselves. No said.